Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. know Dean Kane. He's got a new movie coming out. Um, I don't know, probably next year or something like that, but he's got to be a background actor. They call him extras. We call him essentials. <laughs> you can't have a town with no peeps, right? You got to have your peeps. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Happy June for the bestie. I can't even believe it. Where are my chimes? And let's find out just how many days until Christmas. Let's see, how many days till Christmas? What's your all guess? Ready? Oh! Which is really awesome. Ah, so welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got some wonderful guests on today. Very excited. I don't know that we've had um, this kind, these kinds of guests on, but this kind of uh, topic and information. So this is going to be fun. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. Come get educated. Uh, we've got great videos going, lots of books to read, magazines, books for sale, uh, all sorts of great new hemp products down there. So come check it out. But if you want to get certified and you don't want to pay the 25% sales tax on recreational <laughs> cannabis, yep, you can come get certified. And I like it also because you get protection from, or, you know, legal protection. I have to say protection from the law. <laughs> but basically, that's it. Yeah. Maybe the guys will have something to say about that. All right. So what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card? That would be in the state of Arizona. 
PTSD. We have to have a note from your psychiatrist for that one. Uh, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, uh, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's all the way through to dementia, uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, Chronic pain covers migraines, IBS, fibromyalgia, uh, the the whole gamut. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Uh, also, like to give a shout out to the Good Leaf at 6224 East Speedway Boulevard, our new hemp and CBD shop. Uh, we have a beautiful, beautiful store and a wonderful variety of hemp products and um, all sorts of great things. So get on down there right next to Bookman's. You all know where Bookman's is. All right, shout out to the Growers House at growershouse.com. Um, you can find out who some of our sponsors are if you go to the tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. Go to the radio section, scroll down. You can see our guests for today that we're going to have on in just a moment. Thank you for being so awesomely patient. The Good Leaf Can of Health online digital magazine, Growers House, right here in town. Or you can order at growershouse.com all your tomato growing needs. <laughs> we love tomatoes. Because y'all get... If you're an adult, 21 and over, you get six plants you can grow right now. You don't have to check that cultivation box anymore. And if there are two adults in the house, you get 12 plants, which is a whole lot of cannabis. Uh, so 10 Buds and CBDVS are also our sponsors. All right. Well, today, let's just get right to it. We're really excited. Um, haven't had a guest in just a little while. Um, today, we've got Dr. Robin Goldstein and Professor Daniel Sumner on. Uh, and they are, according to economists, Dr. Robin Goldstein and Professor Daniel Sumner, Legal Weed presents an economic conundrum. While nearly 40% of Americans can walk into a store today to purchase weed legally, why do still many buy illegally? Please welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on Weed Day Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Nice to be here. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm okay in California. Are you in the Bay Area? I am in Davis, California, which is uh, about uh, mostly towards Sacramento from from the Bay Area. I know where Davis is. All right, uh, there you have it. And who's who's in Davis right now? This is Dan. All right. To identify the voices, uh, Dan uh, sounds like he's from California and Robin's from the world. (laughs) <laughs> okay, <laughs> Professor Dan and Dr. Robin, where are you calling in from? I'm sad to say I'm calling in from uh, Italy, from Tuscany, where oh, weed is completely ooh. illegal. That's awful. <laughs> that Italy is, I got to go once, and I would just love to go back again. One of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. So, 
Sorry, sucks to be you. <laughs> well, I'm Bill, a, let me I say, love Tucson as well. <laughs> yeah, Robin and I were talking about uh, good times in Tucson. Uh, Robin's been there a lot, and I've been there occasionally over many years, off and on. We both really enjoy it, so uh, you've got a pretty good place to be there. Oh, I absolutely love Tucson, but I'm one of those fortunate uh, human beings that I just love everywhere. I think our planet's just beautiful and awesome, especially when we can have all the cannabis we want, right? Right, guys? <laughs> absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, you let off, Bell by saying there's a con- conundrum about illegal weed Mm-hmm. And in, in lots of places, and, and you'll explain to us how it works in Arizona, but in lots of places, it hasn't been that big a puzzle. And California is one of those where uh, when they decided to go fully recreational legal in California, uh, because of the way the proposition was written, it ends up legal weed costs twice as much as illegal weed. So right. for an economist, it's not a huge puzzle that lots of people say, huh, I'll just stay illegal. And both the right. buyers and the sellers, uh, it looks like about three-quarters of them said, yeah, we'd love to be legal, but uh, not at these prices. Right. Well, and not only that, but it's driven the, the price of, I mean, it, you, you could get – a couple thousand dollars a pound. Now I hear it's like a couple hundred dollars a pound. People are even paying for that kind of, you know, even legal weed. And and that that's because of the big yeah. uh, a barrier. Of, you know, a, economists like to call it a wedge. You can think of driving a wedge between the seller and the buyer, and that wedge is a bunch of regulations and a bunch of taxes right. that really mm-hmm. keep the seller away from the buyer. And it, they tend to drive down the price of legal weed for the grower and drive up the price for a consumer. And that's never a, that's never a happy thing. Whether it, same thing could apply to tomatoes and it wouldn't be happy for tomatoes either. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, give us a little background of who you guys are and how you're getting into um, cannabis. Cause you have some interesting backgrounds. Go ahead, well, we came into it. I came in. Sure. Uh, uh, I came into it through the food, food and wine, and particularly wine uh, and wine and beer economics. That's how. That's what first got me interested in economics. I was. I used to do uh, blind wine tastings. I was really curious about the question of why people were willing to spend like ten times as much for really expensive wine when they couldn't tell the difference between expensive wine and cheap wine in a blind tasting. That got me thinking about prices. <laughs> Went back to school, studied economics. And that's how I ended up at UC Davis. UC Davis is, uh, has a big kind of wine program and wine and beer and, and agricultural economics. There's, and there's, besides economists, there's just lots of people there who are in the industry who are working on farms and, and learning, learning the craft of making stuff that people eat and drink, which is really cool. And so I, and then right. about six years ago, Dan, Dan and I um, got involved with the, with, in cannabis because of the Bureau of, I mean, I'd, I'd been interested in, in it kind of uh, for many years just as a as a observer and a, as a consumer, but I was not um, I was not studying it formally kind of as an economist until about six years ago. We started working with the California Bureau of Cannabis Control at the time. It was the Bureau of Medical Marijuana Control, and they asked us to 
uh, do some cost and benefit uh, or, or co uh, basically economic impact analysis on some regulations as they were working. They had the old medical system, which is basically unregulated. They were working toward drawing up the regulations that were going to govern the new, rec the new uh, regulated and tax system. And, uh, and then that, while we were working with them, Prop 64, which legalized adult use, passed, and so it turned into figuring out the right regulations for the whole new recreational system. And in the process, we just learned a ton about, I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to study as economists because there's not good data. You know, you have an industry that's like unregulated and been illegal for most of the century. And so, uh, but it's, it also makes it really interesting. And we, we just learned a lot of the really difficult challenges. It's just really hard to do this in a way that, that doesn't, you know, screw over people who are trying to get into it, investing a lot of money, uh, taking big risks. Uh, you know, you want to you make it as legal as possible. You want to make it safe. You want to make regulations that, that protect people from impure stuff and, and whatnot, but at the same time, everything you do makes it more expensive. So we kind of put all this into a book. Our book is called Can Legal Weed Win? That's coming out this month, um, and that's, uh, that's, that's been our project for the last year, trying to, like, sum up a lot of what we've been working on for the last few years and learned um, into this book. So, so let me let me add just a bit there. Don't blame us for the regulations, uh, or, or really don't don't don't, yeah, don't, don't blame uh, you, you know. So before you get a bunch of hate mail for having us uh, or, or phone calls saying who the hell are these uh, bums that you got on the radio, uh, these guys. Yeah, but 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 uh, and I and I would say in most states you don't want to blame the regulators either. These are often just you know, normal people that have the job of trying to figure out a system. And the law that was passed, it turns out what California has actually voted on was this hodgepodge of a political compromise where everybody, rather than say no to anybody, the people who were writing the proposition, you know, they wanted it to pass. So every time law enforcement had an idea, oh, we'll stick that in there. They'll be a supporter now. Okay, fine. The firemen had an idea. Great, we'll throw their stuff in there. And so you end up with – and social equity people said, yeah, we're all for it, but, you know, you, we have to have these social equity things. Oh, we'll put that in there. And by the time you were done, you had something that went on page after page after page, each mm -hmm. of which saying, here's another regulation you have to have. And, right. And, the the lady who called me on the phone, Lori Ajax, she was a, she early in her career she was a gun toting uh, alcohol inspector for trying to keep uh, alcohol safe and away from kids and stuff. She had evolved over her career, and she called me up and said, "Would you help us work on this cannibal stuff?" And and I said, "No, no, that was a long time ago. I don't know what you heard, but I don't do drugs anymore." And hmm. and she laughed and said, okay, okay, okay. But we really want and, – and I said, you know, you can get a consultant to do that. You don't need us because it just seemed too complicated. This is the cannabis czar of California, by the way. She was the, the yeah, head she, of the she bureau was great. at the time. And, 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 uh, and, and she said, we actually have to do all these regulations, uh, but we want to essentially minimize the amount of damage we do to an industry – Mm -hmm. We need somebody who's studied this stuff a lot in other industries to help us. Will you help us? We want to make the regulations better. And at that point, Robin and I 
looked at each other basically and said, yeah, uh, we're in. And we've been yeah. working with them and helping them ever since. But, boy, you know, they – and the reason for this book is, is partly because they have such an impossible task. They have so many demands on them. And I think it's probably the same in Colorado. And, and uh, Robbins <clears throat> looked a lot at regulations in Massachusetts, Oklahoma, lots of places. They're all mm-hmm. different and they're all complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. They are all different and they are all, they are all complicated. Do you think there's going to be a, a governmental rollout that's just going to say, okay, here's, here's how it is across the states. You, you, if you want in, you're in. If you don't, you're not. That kind of a thing. Like, you actually, know, would have well, to be Oklahoma almost did that, Bill. Uh, when that? it came to the actual regulation, even though it's a medical-only state, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, the, the day they uh, voted to legalize it was the day the first dispensary opened. They said, Oklahoma said, yeah, the politicians there basically said, we don't want cannabis. But once they said, well, it's a business, they said, oh, well, we like business. We're Oklahoma. We love <laughs> right. business. Mm-hmm. So they they pretty much said anybody who wants a license can have a license and you can open tomorrow. And and now they did lots of other taxes and they have all kinds of other problems, but at least for that part they didn't mess around. Vermont, by the way, the same year said it's it's going to be legal in Vermont. They still haven't figured out what their rules are going to be four years later or five years later. So they're right. the other in in liking regulations right. and wanting to make them so complicated they'll never happen maybe right yep. and though if you if your if your question was also about uh, national whether it's just going to get rolled out nationally uh, you know what it, the federal legalization could take a lot of different forms as everyone knows but one thing that's probably not going to suddenly change is it's not going to it's not going to be like all the states suddenly have the same set of rules the states have all set like really different standards for um, for safety and testing, you know, pesticides, everything you can imagine, rules and regulations you have to follow, track and trace. In Arizona, as you're mentioning, you know, there's big differences between medical and recreational um, and, uh, and so forth. And so states will keep their own set of rules, and then there'll be some layer of federal uh, rules. The first, the first and most basic step is just take it off the list of, you know, illegal narcotics federally called descheduling it um that's probably the best thing that could happen to the to the to the local industries in states like arizona california is is just for the federal the feds to just take it off the list and let these states continue to figure out how to run it as we've been doing if the fed if the federal government is also quite possible decides to you know go a step further or many steps further and add add another layer of taxes and regulations and federal rules you have to follow that's on top of all the difficulty of complying with all the local rules. It makes it harder for local for for, for states to um, and, and for businesses in those states to make ends meet. Um, and so that's one of the concerns we have about federal legalization. You know, the less they do, the more viable these legal uh, industries are going to be in, each, in the states. Right, that's true. I the show cut out for a moment, so I missed <laughs> your comment on. Um, did you mention descheduling? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I was just saying that these okay. guys, Sorry, did I drop out? So what we've no, been no. saying... No, no, the show dropped out. It's a typical thing, but I, I, I had a uh, backup, okay. so we're still on. 
<laughs> to, to be yep. simple, uh, Bell, uh, Robin and I have <laughs> been saying to the feds, uh, uh, let let cannabis be kale. You know, we don't have a whole bunch yeah. of rules and regulations about kale. You know, it's, right. you, you can't kill people. You can't put poison pesticides on it that are banned for every other crop. But but right. just in in that sense, in a in a legal sense, deschedule it. You know, no kale isn't on anybody's schedule. Take cannabis, take it right. off the schedule, and then now right. that doesn't save all our state problems, uh, of Correct. course. But Correct. we feel like states are beginning to realize that simple is better, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. that sounds too simple to be true. But for example, the governor of California just a couple of weeks ago proposed eliminating, at least temporarily, the state cultivation tax. And we lay a big excise tax on top of the cultivation tax, and then we have all kinds of state and local, or excuse me, local and county taxes and regulations on top right. of that. So at least they're moving in the direction of changing the, the law to remove this uh, uh, per pound cultivation tax that had all kinds of problems. And as you said, oh, wow. uh, for example, uh, cannabis that could sell from a farm at 300 bucks would then have to pay 150 or more 160 now in mm-hmm. in a state cultivation tax 160 bucks a pound that on something you're selling for 300 is really prohibitive right. and so mm-hmm. maybe maybe California will take that step and maybe mm-hmm. uh, that'll begin to to unravel some of this stuff yeah well and i think like i caught the tail end of what you were saying before you know each state already you know pretty much is set up or they're setting up how they want to handle uh quote unquote the legalization or recreational uh cannabis or marijuana whatever um we have a very interesting program here we have a medical and a recreational program um and we've been running the medical facility for uh, almost 11 years now. Um, yeah. And basically what we see are people are coming back to get their medical card. A, because we have a lot of older patients, they want to talk to doctors. It's just how they are. Um, and B, people don't want to pay 25% sales tax. It's yep. ridiculous. It's, so that that rec program is if you want, it's like, it, it's even worse. Like if you go out, you just want to go buy a joint and, relax by the pool at the end of the day or whatever and take a couple puffs, that's an expensive joint, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, and it, like you were saying yeah. with the, the wine, you know, with the blind taste test, like, you know, the whole Trader Joe's two-buck chuck thing, man, they make a good blend for $3.49, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Raman's done the scientific work to show that almost nobody can tell the difference. <laughs> and the same is true yeah. for most weed, you know. Now, the challenge mm-hmm. uh, then in Arizona for the uh, for the uh, recreational or adult-use cannabis is uh, is the illegal cannabis is still there. I, I'm willing to bet. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in Arizona for a couple of years, but I'd bet you a dollar there's still illegal weed in Arizona. Illegal weed in Arizona. Uh-huh. You win. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, oh, you dollar. It, yeah, that that'd be easy money if I could get somebody to take that bet. The the right. um, but 
But uh, what's interesting to me, as you described it, Bill, is, for example, in Washington State and California, the medical system essentially has faded away, mostly because there's no particular salient advantage to pay the money right. to get your medical permission. It's not a prescription, right. it's just permission. Let me tell you quickly, right. back back uh, before we implemented the recreational cannabis, I had a guy working for me, regular old guy from Iowa. I said, Bill, I don't know how this system works. Would you figure out how the medical system is now working in California? I don't really know how it works. What does it take to get a medical yeah. card? Okay. Fifteen minutes later, he walked into my office, and he said, here's my medical card. I said, what the hell? What do you, you know, that's funny. Now go figure this thing out. You know, he was a, one of the, the researchers in our in our research team at the university. And he said, oh, I right. called Dr. Miller. He was in the web. I called Dr. Miller. Uh, Dr. Miller wanted three things, my credit card. That was number one. Uh, number two <laughs> was my driver's license because he's a, he was a legal yeah. operator, and he wanted to know that I was over the age of 18 and a California resident. So I sent the credit card, the driver's license uh, fax, or in this case it was just a PDF over the web. And the third thing he wanted to know was my symptoms. And I said, yeah, I I work for a boss that asked me to do stupid things. He said, good enough. And he sent Bill his medical card after 45 bucks or whatever it was. And and that was the California system. Now, you could have gone to your family physician if you wanted to, and there were people... Mm-hmm. Uh, as you state, with Crohn's disease or cancer or other things that were using it for those symptoms. But there were most people who wanted to go through the medical system rather than the illegal system uh, really had some symptom that was relatively vague, I should say. Yeah. And it was okay. But once yeah. there was recreational well, cannabis, why bother is, is right. what most people say. Yeah, it was, in California, there was just an 8%. The big difference was... You only save an 8% sales tax. So for most people, that wouldn't, you know, unless you smoke a huge amount uh, per month, you right. know, it, didn't, it costs 100 bucks to get a, um, you know, 50 or 100 bucks to get the appointment, and then you have to get a county card and whatever. So it, it, the savings didn't really justify the effort and the cost of getting medical license. Massachusetts is a little bit more like Arizona where there's a, a substantial savings. I think it's a 20, mm. it's a, a, you know, you might get an ace for 50 Fifty bucks. You might uh, you save sales tax and the excise tax, so you end up paying fifty bucks mm. for your ace instead of seventy after tax every time you buy an ace. And so, oh, you know that makes that's worth it after a few oh purchases. Yeah. In Arizona, you save twenty five percent. That's a big deal. So the the states where we're seeing the medical system survive is the ones where the savings really matters. It's enough to matter to people. Right. And where it's well, not a big hassle to get your card. You know, if if you got to right, go down right, to the right. county office and their only office right. open on Thursdays for this between yeah. eleven and noon, you know, a normal right. person with a regular job says, you know, nope, I get uh, it. Yep. I, I'm I'm yeah. not going to go down there and stand in line for three hours to get a county card, which I pay for in order to save me on on. In order to on, tell the government I'm an official pot smoker. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. That's, that's what everyone point. wants, right? <laughs> They know that anyway. <laughs> yeah, they figured it out for most people. But, <laughs> yeah, but what you don't want, you know, some people, depending on your occupation, and this is changing, of course, you may not want yeah. that on the official government records. 
even though it's understood. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, and here, though, with our medical program, you, you actually get more medicine, uh, more concentrates, um, and um, you get an unlimited amount of uh, milligrams in whatever it is you're purchasing. It's limited in the recreational program. So for oh, patients, you know, stage four, anything, if you want RSO or concentrates every day, you really need to be in the medical program because you just couldn't, you'd have to go every day to get like a half a gram of a concentrate or something. Yeah, it's very limited no, that way. So that's another huge difference. It's an important benefit. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, an important benefit, a, there's and there's no, a, in California, there's no yeah. such difference about what you can get medically. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had my California card once, and the, and literally I think they wrote down that I needed two pounds a month, and, you know, it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, they could write whatever they wanted. I was like, all right, you know. Um, <laughs> well, they could tell you were a lady yeah. who had friends, you know. Right? <laughs> Bell Star is a popular lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What? So, what's the best program, or what? What? What state has the best program out there that you you think? Who can we model well, you after? You just described uh, uh, features of the Arizona pro- medical program that can make sense. Uh, I mentioned mm-hmm. Oklahoma, at least in terms of the rules right. for getting your uh, retailer and cultivator licenses. But we won't mm-hmm. hold up, and, and, and uh, uh, Colorado has been relatively successful in regulating uh, companies that, uh, the cannabis, legal cannabis companies, um, right. and, and moderating the amount of taxes. But we won't say there's any place in the U.S. or Canada, for that matter, that's, uh, that's done it all right. And right. they're... You know they're moving. They're struggling. They're you know I mentioned cutting mm-hmm. some taxes in California at least temporarily. It hadn't happened yet. Right. Uh, we'll see. Right. So we're not going to hold. Yeah. And, and in the book we don't hold out any places saying, hey, they figured it out here in Timbuktu. So be just like them. Washington did a good job. <laughs> uh, uh, Washington's kept price, managed to keep prices down. There's been partially just a lot. Colorado yeah. and Washington have had a long time to get. Used to the system, they they legalize first. So there's, you know, companies that have figured out how to make it more efficiently. So you have prices coming down really down, really far down. That's that's not necessarily good for everyone. Obviously, that's not good if you're a struggling small uh, small small right. farm trying to make stuff on the on the right. more premium side of things and competing with really low price weed. Uh, but but in terms of right. the whole system working and legal weed being able to compete with illegal weed, um, it's it's working relatively well and. Um, in Washington and, and Colorado and in Oklahoma, as Dan mentioned, what's really cool there is just like because it's so easy to get a license that you you, you have more dispensaries there you know per per capita than any mm-hmm. other state uh, in the country. You have you have more uh, weed stores in Oklahoma with a population of four <laughs> four or five million than you do in California wow. with a population of forty oh million. Gosh. So it's just it's oh just a gosh. crazy number of stores, crazy yeah. competition. Uh, as they transition to recreational, people are talking about putting a, you know, putting some curbs on that. But and, and it's interesting that even in a medical-only state of, of Oklahoma, you have the most per capita uh, stores anywhere in the country. Wow. Uh, uh, Bill, let me ask you a quick question, and I don't want to know any secrets, but uh, the, <laughs> the, the 
medical dispensary you've been involved with, um, you have a license, fully legal, long time, state of Arizona. You compete with other, you compete with illegal weed, even though you wish you didn't. Uh, you also compete with other medical dispensaries there in Tucson. Does the city of Tucson limit the number? Do they say, oh, well, we only, we don't want too many, partly because we want the ones that are here to be profitable, and does that allow you to have, in a sense, a little less competition than you'd otherwise have? Well, for a business, um, that's great. For your consumers, they'd say, no, no, I, sure. want, I want a big dogfight among these, these merchants. Right. Right. Well, for, for one, I hate to say it, we're not a dispensary. Boo. But we are okay. as a doctor's, we're a medical doctor's office. Yay. So we're, um, yeah. So we don't have wow, okay. uh, medical cannabis. What we do is we help facilitate getting your card through the medical program. I see. So we um, so to and to add to that, for ten years we tried to get a dispensary and we almost had one until at the very last moment the state of Arizona changed their rules and um, pretty much prevented myself and several others from getting. Uh, a dispensary. It was really, really, really bad. Um, well, and that so that is. I, I was uh, so, thinking Arizona had uh, some things right, but that's something that your well, experience is duplicated all yeah. over the country. Uh, you know, yeah. they, you yeah. go through all kinds of and, rigmarole, expensive, and then at right. the last minute they change something right. or they deny you. They did. Yeah, they yeah. changed it completely. Um, so also they did put a cap of 160 dispensaries, period, some of which will be social equity, which yeah. has been, I'm just going to say, very interesting. There have been newspaper yeah. ads out for, hey, if you've been a criminal, come see me. We'll help you get a dispensary kind of thing. I mean, it's it's a very interesting exactly. process. It, you know, every yeah, one of these ideas it, for regulation sound good when somebody proposes and then you see what actually happens and you shake your head sadly because it doesn't well, seem they, to be what they just cut out the small business person. Yep. They yep. cut out the small business person. Uh, and that's Absolutely. not, you know, that's not okay. You know, um, yep. there should be a chance for, if you want to step into the crazy cannabis world, <laughs> you should have that opportunity to do so. Um, and and to so, call it social equity to keep lots of other people out. I mean, that's not what, Yep. The word should mean, even though everybody right. would like to make sure we allow some opportunities for people that mm -hmm. haven't had opportunities as much in the past. And, and uh, you know, if, if you've had, it, had trouble because of cannabis laws in the past, let's make an exception and let you go ahead and be in the business uh, now if you can pull it off. Let you come, you know. Yeah. I like right. to say, let people compete. You don't make them compete, yeah. but you allow them to compete. No, no you let them. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and they, you know. Anyway, that's a. And small business. Sorry about that. Yeah, more, now, do you have, is there a is there a dis? And, and yeah. so, you have several sponsors for this show. Do you have any who are themselves dis medical dispensaries? Um, you know, we have a lot of supporters. Um, that are um, dispensaries. Um, Tumbleweeds Health Center as a certification center and education center, we've been around, it'll be 11 years, 11-11, uh, it'll yeah. be 11 years for us. 
Um, and so um, we've got a pretty good name. We're really proud of it. And we really just focused, you know, we really focus on education. And we realized I had a really horrible experience when I came here uh, to Arizona to get my medical card. I had a horrible doctor. He was just so awful. And um, my business partner had a really great experience. So we were like, well, we should just get that doctor to come work for us. And she did. Oh, <laughs> and that's good. how that all started. We wanted it to be a good experience for everybody. Um, and so we just, as much as we can, just try and educate everybody and, and um, in hopes that they go out and do the things that they want to do. And they're able to find a, a dispensary for, with the products that they need. And, and if they need help finding a dispensary, of course, you could help them. But um, Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and how many dispensaries are there in Tucson itself? About 15, I think. Okay, so that's a, counts, you know. For, 15, 17. That's a reasonable number. You know, if you think about, if you think of cannabis as equivalent to, to having a beer or a glass of wine and you ask how many places can you buy beer or wine in Tucson, right. you'd say 500 or some number. You know, right, who knows exactly. What you'd say. Yeah, exactly. So it really isn't available in the way that these other products are. And, uh, no, it isn't. Which is a frustration no. for some people, certainly. Well, especially the people that live way outside of town, which is yeah. you know who we were trying to service uh, when they changed the rules. Um, and so uh, those people are very frustrated because, you know, um, there are a lot of people that they've got a lot of chronic pain. They can't drive that far to get to yeah. these places. These places don't deliver that far to get to them. Um, yeah. You know, and then you know, the price of gas right now, even if they yeah. did have someone to take them out there, I mean, <laughs> round trip would be a forty, fifty dollar tank right there, you know. So that's that's really um, it just I, doesn't I, I've serve spent a, a good bit of a time of in rural, uh, uh, yeah. uh, at least sometime in rural Arizona, and if you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you've done that at all, you know that uh, it's a lot, long way from one place to another place in Arizona. It sure is. <laughs> you can, if uh, you get lost going the wrong way, you're in. Yeah, exactly, and and you know <laughs> even uh, and there there is uh, so that's something to to keep in mind. Delivery is legal in Arizona, and it has been mm-hmm. important. Uh, but I can tell you. Uh, they may not want to consume it. They may not want to deal with illegal people. Some people don't. You mentioned older medical patients. Uh, they may right. resist that. But my guess is uh, there would be illegal growers closer to them who would be willing to supply the product to them. And maybe some of your uh, former customers or even current customers um, have had to go that route, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if they don't but, want but to now, with illegals, uh, Ill- illegal cannabis, right. it's too bad that they have to. Yeah. Well, so, some people can grow. I mean, let me rephrase. We all have uh, the rights to grow, like I was saying, six yeah. plants and 12 if you've got two adults. But it's, yeah. you know, 12 pence, we, we, plants we, for two people, that's really a hell of a lot of weed. If, if you're any good at growing. <laughs> That well, and that's the other point. 
a lot, you know, I've had friends because I grow it and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I don't do too bad. And uh, I've had friends try and they're like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> not even going to do this. <laughs> I can't do this. So, yeah. If you're a medical can, patient, so are you allowed to sell? Are you allowed to sell it to other no. patients? No. No, no, no. In California, no, the old medical to. system, before regulations, there was this collective system where people could basically, you belong to a collective and you could sell it to other members of the collective. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. But you, well, yeah, they, you're not, not supposed not, we to. We don't imagine but. a scenario. It's not going to be like, the, the the world in the future is not going to be like everyone's growing a bunch of plants at home because it's, it's a really technical skill and it's difficult and it's time-consuming yeah. and, you know, there's a few people who know how to yeah. do it so well and, you know, the society needs people like that to be supplying the rest of us. It's not sustainable that, you know, uh, that people are all growing it themselves. Um, it, it's a fun hobby for a few folks who have the savvy yeah. and time and, and interest. Yeah. A, a room yeah. in their house they can dedicate to it or a little greenhouse in yeah. their backyard or, yeah, or some plants in their backyard. You know, um, uh, I do lots of research on many other commodities, and, and I've known home winemakers all my life and, and uh, people with uh, a dozen or a, a few dozen grapevines or or almost everybody in our town has a few tomato plants uh, in the backyard for part of the year. But still, if you took the total and you say, boy, everybody grows tomatoes, so I guess they won't, there are not many tomatoes for sale in the market. Well, of course, that's not true. Uh, or strawberries or anything else. It, and uh, we're all right. making things legal and allowing somebody like you, Belle, who's good at it and enjoys it to grow her own if she wants to. But uh, right. realistically, uh, even though everybody said, oh, you know, next year I'm going to grow my own, uh, the fact is it's, it's uh, for many of us, it's a difficult thing to do and complicated, as Robin says. So most of the market's yep. going to be, if you want it, buy it. And, buy uh, it, yep. I have a brother who builds his own bicycles. Well, I'm not going to. Oh. <laughs> you know, good for him, but not many of us are going to do that. Right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and all the bike shops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and- exactly. I think one of the the bigger problems um, we have here, and we've seen it for a long time, is consistency in in product um, yeah. availability, especially in flour. Um, and quite honestly, I'm super disappointed. I've actually, I usually, I'm a snob because I like my own, <laughs> so I usually just smoke my own. But once in a while, I'll go out and I'll I would you know try something, and what you get is prepackaged, a teeny tiny little you know, pieces of something and not recognizable buds. And it's, you know, with what they're making sensories, you'd think that they'd be able to present themselves a bit better and more consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And one one thing that's an interesting, one thing that I I, I found really bizarre about the the way that some states have regulated uh, recently is, for example, said you have to pre, it has to be prepackaged. So, it used to be yeah. that you could, you know, in the old medical system in California, for example, you could, you know, they'd have big bins of it, jars, and you could at least mm-hmm. inspect it. You could, you know, stick right. your nose in it and, and, and hold it and look at it. Now, you know, it. that's yep. the only way you have a, you know, to judge quality as a consumer. And now that it's all inside some opaque packaging, you can't even do that. 
Uh, and so the consumer loses power to right. even uh, discriminate between higher and lower quality uh, goods. So that's that's one of those things that it seems counterproductive on the legal side. Yep, consumers do not like that. That's probably the biggest complaint I hear about when they when they go to get um, dry herb is that they can't they can't pick it out anymore. You know, they'll have some jars on display, but that's not what you get <laughs> when they give you yeah. a package. That's for sure not what you're getting. You, you know, you see nice big buds in these jars, you're like, ooh, wow. You're like, I'll have some of that. And you open it up and it's these, we call them pot poops. They're teeny tiny little pieces <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> the leftovers. Yeah. So. Do you think as an, as an expert on this, do you think that the more you pay, the, the better weed you get in general? Do, do you think there's a strong correlation between price and quality and what you get in your market in, 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 in Tucson or in Arizona, let's say? Well, you know, I, I, I've seen that, you know, the top shelf kind of a thing, and I completely disagree with that. I think, you know, it should all be good, you know. So the, the, uh, if, you, if you pay for the, for the highest, most expensive stuff, I mean, the thing we've seen most is the more you pay, you get higher THC, you know, you get higher potency. Um but there's an, there's some interesting research that potency doesn't really correlate that much with psychological effects or certainly therapeutic effects, and um, and so that might be kind of a mis you know judgment. It's like something we have to rely yep. on this idea that the the the, the more you pay, the, the the higher quality of the weed is, the stronger it is. That's kind of this. Right. Um, I think right. it's. it's, it's it's, it's going to be something that people will outgrow over time as they get more sophisticated it's, about the product. Like no one thinks the stronger exactly. the wine you get, it's the, wine know, test. the better. It's the, yeah. it's the blind taste test because I've bought quote unquote lo- the bottom shelf stuff. That's way better than the top shelf that I'd ever purchased for like four times that amount. You know, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you like what you like. And you know, that when I used to go to dispensaries when I didn't grow mine, um, yeah, you, you know, I was on a budget, so we just, I got the bottom shelf, you know, a whole ounce for like, it was crazy back then. It was like 150 bucks. And we thought that was, you know, that was, woo-hoo. and uh, it it was awesome. But then you go back and it's gone <laughs> because people kept mm-hmm. caught on that it was way better than what they were selling top shelf for like 354. It was like stupid, you know? Yeah. The, um, and, and we see that with lots of products. You know, cannabis, in, in one sense, m- might be comparable these days to the whole list, say, of alcoholic beverages. In, on a per-ounce basis, you pay more for vodka than you pay for wine uh, if, if all you want is the alcohol content. But nobody really right. thinks of it that way, really. And I think cannabis, uh, measuring it only on some sort of measurable THC without the nuances, uh, uh, will it's got to change. We know it's going to change, and it really already has changed among uh, sophisticated consumers, but the regulations right. haven't uh, kept up with that. Or, right. or for these fast that, strains, they're like anything yeah. purple needs mm. to cost more or something. I mean, who knows what's the basis for that? Right. But we the know OG, they'll, they'll always uh, yeah. be fads. Uh, you know, uh, you put some movie oh, yeah. star's name on it or something. That uh, uh, right. We we certainly won't some end dog on your wine. And fads. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah. I drink Snoop Dogg well, wine if it existed. I'd try it. Movie star oh, wine. Oh, it's out there. Snoop yeah. <laughs> on a bottle of wine, that 19 Crime stuff. You've seen that? Okay. Oh, no, it, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he's wine. out there. Wow. He knows no limits. <laughs> he's on the bottle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so it'll change because, like I said, you know, the the thing is that each strain is going to work differently for for somebody. And whether or not that quote-unquote yeah. top shelf or bottom shelf, they're not going to, you know, they're going to start with bottom shelf probably because it's cheaper. But they might find something that works for them very well, you know. Um, I I think it should all be top shelf if, if you're talking quality, you know. Um but if you're talking THC yeah, levels, yeah, that can be a total farce. Yeah, it should, you know, I think yeah, it should all be the same quality. That's, what's important. that's the important thing that folks like you that, and the, the medical practitioners and the people who are keeping the medical uh, uh, weed world going is I think that's one of your most important contributions that people need to learn from you. Is it's, there's per, it's, it's a very personal thing. What's good is different for each person. These things have different. It's mm-hmm. not just like this ranking of quality or ranking of potency. It's, it's a right. It's it's a very personal and personalized thing uh, at its best. It is, and especially when you're treating therapeutic, using it therapeutically. Yes, exactly. And and we don't, you know, we we recommend going, you know, very low dosage to start, you know, a milligram, two milligrams, whatever, you know, not like. We get patients, you know, older, like 80-year-olds, and they go to the dispensaries and they come back and they're like, well, they said just eat half the brownie, you know? They're like, no. <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, and, and then they have a bad experience and, they, you know, it's, it's sad. Everyone's got a story about <laughs> but, eating too many brownies. Everyone. <laughs> right? Everyone does. I don't know that I have that one yet. <laughs> oh. I have a pretty high tolerance for cannabis. Uh so what's going on in Italy over there? Can you get your ganja? No, you. It's uh, not only is it illegal, but I've heard this crazy thing actually from from friends here in the econ world that uh, they've been uh, taking away people's driver's licenses all over the place. My Ooh. my friend told me that eight eight. Uh, so when you if you get um, if you get uh, uh, pulled over, you can get pulled over uh, like on a regular traffic stop, just. You know, I, I'm not even sure if you have to have been suspected of committing an infraction. It might just be like a random traffic stop where they pull over cars randomly, right? They take you out and then they they test you for for weed. And this, oh, as no. you know, um, it, it could be a, it could be, have been in yeah. your system for many times in the last for two weeks, a month, who knows? Like it'll show up in this test, and they, and they take a right. hair. I think they take a hair test. So it's it's in your system for months. So that and if you test positive for having smoked within the last several weeks. Then you lose your driver's license. My my friend told me that eight of his eight of his ten best friends have all lost their licenses. Oh <laughs> there's no! Two guys, there's two guys <laughs> left in their whole group of friends who can drive, and they're having they to be the drive. chauffeurs for oh, everyone. Oh man! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, it's wow, insane. Uber Italy. Yeah, yeah, that is insane. <laughs> so I get well. I was gonna say, is that even legal? But I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, the well, yeah, that's a, and there's. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so they they don't they they seem to be going in the wrong direction here, not the right direction. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's that's not the way to go. And it, and it's interesting because a lot of the police officers, they're not educated on the the programs themselves. You know, um, there's not a whole lot of training. You know, for officers, you know, when they right. go get 
badged, badged up and hit the streets. You know. but there, the yeah. Pretty much accepted, you know, almost everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's no uh, good evidence that 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 it even impairs your driving, even if you've smoked in the oh, last few hours. Yeah. I mean, if if you get too right. high, of course it can impair your driving, but no one even knows the science on on whether smoking the same day or the same hour impairs or to what extent. So this idea that uh, having smoked previously is just—I mean, it's just as as so often happens with criminal law. There's just no science behind it. No, one there of, isn't because uh, one one of the things that uh, a further legalization is doing, of course, is that uh, here in California and lots of other places, there there is more sort of serious science going on. So we will have some evidence at some stage, and and you can only hope that that will uh, reduce or eliminate some of the nonsense uh, that, as Robin was describing, or around uh, effects of cannabis, uh, both positive and negative. And, and there's, like everything else, there's got to be positive and negative effects of consuming something there is for everything else you eat or, or consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so that will be coming, uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, serious science takes a while, and so it'll be uh, probably yeah. a few years as results will be coming out more and more all the time. Well, the challenge with, with the, um, you know, driving under the influence or whatever, driving impaired, is since cannabis does stay in your system for so long, and you don't, you don't even know, um, you can't point oh eight cannabis kind of a thing because you don't know what kind of cannabis right. the person was on. Maybe they were on indica, and it's not going to impair them mentally, psychologically at all. Or maybe they were on a sativa. They were just like goofy as all get out, and you know, then maybe you don't want someone silly driving. You know what I'm saying? But they, you can't like, so, but with alcohol, it doesn't matter if you're on tequila or wine or scotch or bourbon. When you get to the point oh eight, you're at the point oh eight. Beer, it doesn't matter. <laughs> when you're there, you're there. But it's, it's going to be, I think that's going to be a real challenge because they're going to be like, oh, you have this much in your system. Well, what is that equal? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. You know? Yeah. I think that's going to be a, a difficult thing for them. But, you know, important one anyway, because no one should be driving impaired on anything at any rate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll all agree on that one. The, um, yeah. The, so, you know, the, our point in, in can legal weed win is, is dealing with yeah. the illegal system. And, of course, uh, legalizing cannabis or making it more available uh, through a legal system in Italy, uh, I mean, it's, of course, it's not there, but as Robin's describing, of course, cannabis is there. And uh, the Italians have to figure out whether or not uh, uh, they want to keep this right. thing that consumers want in the illegal market. And we don't, it's hard to find some sort of advantage to that kind of prohibition. Uh, and and that's where, that's basically where we come from, is be careful about uh, uh Pretending like it doesn't exist just because you've declared it's illegal, because that that just right. doesn't work in the world. That's not yeah, a really practical approach to anything. Right. In, in Mexico, I guess where that's it's still where it's been, been legal weed win. Yeah, agreed. And, 
you see countries like Mexico where it's been illegal for where it's where it's it's officially been legalized, but they still haven't come up with a system yet for how to regulate it, so you don't have any legal stores. And there, it's uh, it's like you know you can buy kind of swag for ten or twenty dollars an ounce. It's very interesting to see the, the price differences in some of these different countries where other kinds of costs are lower. I mean, everything's cheaper in Mexico, with labor and everything. But um, it'll be it'll be there's there's this argument one 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 argument we often come across and people say oh. Let's keep it illegal because clearly when you legalize it, use is going to go up. You know, everyone's going to start using more and it's going to be, society's going to become less productive and, and whatnot. And we just don't <laughs> see the evidence for that. When you look around the world, uh, when you, right. when, whether it's when, you know, when, when, hot, when uh, the Netherlands legalized weed in the 70s, you didn't actually see a big uptick, up, uptick in use. You just saw uh, convert right. a, a movement of, from, from illegal to legal. And that's, um, mm-hmm. and, and we don't expect that when Mexico finally implements this system, you're going to see a big use in how much anyone who wants to smoke weed in Mexico is smoking, smoking their weed. They're up. Yeah. They're uh, already doing it. Well, hopefully they're growing better weed else. now. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, one thing I will say, uh, just take economic uh, productivity data and, uh, and economic growth. And nobody says, boy, Italy's the success story and the Netherlands is a basket case. If anything, it's the other way around. So, you know, that's, obviously you can't reason from one simple comparison, but you, there's nothing about the growth of the Italian economy where you say, boy, they must have done something right on weed because they're, they're so dynamic. I mean, they're, they're in a world <laughs> of hurt economically. Um, beautiful place. I love Italy. I would never say anything right. bad about uh, any of my Italian friends, but I do think uh, it's not at all clear uh, that uh, yeah. they're the the paragon of economic regulations. Let me let me just say it that way. Well, we wish Italy all the luck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please tell everybody where where they can get your book. It's coming out on the fourteenth. Is that right? Yeah, and yep. it's available uh, now on Amazon, uh, so oh, that's right easy. On. Yep, uh, go yep. to Amazon and it's easy to find. Uh, okay. And uh, and the University of California Press is the publisher. Uh, we are university okay. people. Uh, this is a book that right uh, we think people will enjoy. Uh, Robin tells good stories, uh, and, <laughs> and if you're fascinated to find out uh, Robin's. Uh, uh, junior high experience when he thought he was going to smoke weed. It's not clear he ever actually accomplished it. But uh, uh, <laughs> like most nervous uh, junior high kids. But you can also uh, uh, see lots of interesting uh, hard data about weed that we put in there. And uh, we like to say uh, a long time of our efforts uh, trying to understand uh the markets and the regulations and the relationship in the economics between illegal weed and uh, mm-hmm. and legal weed. So awesome. uh, we think people will enjoy it, and uh, uh, we don't uh, we don't think this this book will cause anybody any pain. It's written for uh, <laughs> a pretty broad audience. The other yeah, audience, not, by the way, investors. Yeah, we we. You know, there are lots of people thinking about investment in wheat, whether it's uh, right. 
you know, scrape together a few dollars and buy some stock in a company or or mm-hmm. actually uh, scrape together more money than that, go with some, you know, get together with a group of people to open a weed business. Uh, I think it's very important to look to the future. And we do a lot of that in this book, what will happen by 2050. You know, when you make right. an investment, it's often for the long haul. So it's not right. next year or the year after that. It's really the longer haul. And and right. we do a lot of that uh, forecasting sort of work in the book uh, that we think can be uh, helpful to investors. Now, we're going to make some people mad at us because we do mm-hmm. call out people who have, um, in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, looking for a sucker born every minute to, to take their right. money in weed investments. And a lot of them oh. haven't turned out over the years. So... Um, Right. That's that's another uh, part of the book is is people who are thinking about the business, uh, the business of weed, in all sorts, mm-hmm. uh, for their own potential investments. Right. Well, good. That's good information because you know it's it's new to a lot of people, and yep. there are a lot of scammers, a lot of scammers out there, um, but hopefully people will begin to understand how to recognize that. Yeah. Um, are are you, do you guys have a social media platform people can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Robin S. Goldstein. S is in Sam, Robin S. Goldstein. Um and we have a uh we have and, and if you Google the book Can Legal Weed Win you'll find various pages about the book. There's a page on there's Amazon page and then there's a page on U C Press and some other stuff about the book on my UC Davis faculty page. So, can legal weed it's win? Just, it, just Google it. You'll find us. The easiest thing to do is just Google "can legal weed win" and you'll find uh, lots of information about our book and related things. Excellent. And I'll post I've, this on been, our. Um... Yep. Good. Go ahead. Thanks, Bell. Now, what were you going to say? Oh yeah, just just, just going to say that um, I've been posting kind of interesting cannabis stuff on my Twitter. I. I was off Twitter for many years and then been back on lately to talk about legal weed, so I've been tweeting. Oh, good. Again. You've been tweeting. <laughs> back to tweeting. Trying. All right. Thanks. Back to tweeting. Trying to tweet. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on and for uh, and for writing your book, and we'll see if legal weed can win. Uh, it's going to be an interesting it, – it has been an interesting – Thank well, you, Bill. Thank you for all you're doing to help uh, help Legal Weed win as well. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Italy and California for me. And we will talk again soon, I hope. Good. All right. And 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 awesome. congratulations on your book and, and uh, I hope it has an awesome launch for you guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. All right. Take care guys. All right. Dr. Robin Goldstein and Professor Daniel Sumner. Thank you guys for coming on. And I can't even believe it. That concludes the show. That was awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. Italy, California. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Can legal weed win? Well, we'll see. We're going to find out here in the, in the near future. I say we'll know in the next 10 to 20 years. It'll win. Something will win. Something will happen. At any rate, uh, be smart, be safe, and educate, and we will see you next Wednesday.